everyone. Welcome to another Crunch episode of the Mythos Manual. You're here with me, Leslie Wisniewski, producer of the podcast, and Calder Kadavid, our game master. What's going on, everybody? I got a switch for my birthday. We are living large here at the Mythos Manual headquarters. We got to wrap this crunch up so I can go back to Fire Emblem. Oh, that's what we should really be talking about today. Actually, Fire Emblem is a great example of a roleplay game. Well, yeah, I mean... We could talk a little bit about Fire Emblem. I'm ready to talk about Fire Emblem. We will definitely talk about Fire Emblem at some point during this crunch episode. I, there's, it, it ties in. It ties in. I'm Tactical sh- combat. <laughs> dating sim. It's everything that is Mythos Manual. It's just the Mythos Manual. So if but you're- like... <laughs> Not. If your friends love Fire Emblem, recommend them the Mythos Manual. They're basically the same. I don't know if they're the same, but they are similar in very specific ways. Very broad ways. We're saying opposite things. All right, we will come back to Fire Emblem. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the last couple episodes. We are finally getting ahead in the the protagonist's quests to save their poor friend Dalton from being sacrificed to Angazan. One step closer to saving Dalton. Doesn't matter how many Charoka we have to kill. <laughs> it seems that way. We're going to save Dalton. Dalton has become the driving force. He is the heart of this family. The beating heart of this program <laughs> is Dalton Juge. Who would have thunk? Mm-hmm. Probably not us. Not us. Not I. Not I. I don't know they go through such extent to get him back. I kind of, ex- I just expected him to get captured and everyone would be like, well, he was an asshole and wash my hands of it. <laughs> Let's just move on. But nope, they're going to save him. They're so. good. They're good guys. They're doing, they're doing the good thing and saving the guy. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's happened so far in these characters quest to get Dalton back. Uh, they fought a whole bunch of Charoka. They saw a new enemy, a four-armed gorilla. The Gorion. The Gorion. The mighty Gorion. Mighty. Sorry. Mighty Joe Gorion. Anyway, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big four-armed gorilla monster. It's, it's the first time we've seen those pop up. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were mentioned way, way earlier in the podcast, I think when we were just talking about, like, various monkey people, mm-hmm. and I think they came up then, and uh, here we're seeing one in, in the flesh now for the first time. Now it's a threat. Now it's a real, real, real threat. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that, because that combat was pretty rough to listen to. That was really rough, and like, every way it could be rough yeah. for a combat. I, I mean, people weren't rolling well. Oh, man, though. Like, that was awful, right? Like, yeah. that whole first half of it. They, like... I think I... Well, I, okay. Because, like, going into that combat, I had definitely intended for that combat to be taken on by the group with their plus one ally, which I assumed they would have brought with them. But Shayaka had a bad day, so they decided to leave him at home. Right. But then they didn't grab anyone else, which I'm like, why wouldn't they have grabbed Cheldi or Anushka? They just didn't. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. Anyway, and so I don't like, and I definitely don't feel like because they were unprepared, I should go easy. Right. Like that, I, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't like that as the answer. Right. But going into this combat, like it was definitely a very challenging combat. And honestly, in for like, 
I think there was a couple of, I made a couple of mistakes in this whole combat. It was probably a little too challenging. I probably could have lost like one of the Charuka from the top. It was a four Charuka attack followed by the Gurion. Could have been just like a three Charuka attack. And plus they were using their haste ability, I think like really en masse yeah. for the first time. Like I hadn't been using that too, too much. They were a little bit more effective this time. Plus the players weren't rolling well at all. Because I think that I had been gotten a little used to them sweeping up the Charuka pretty quickly since we, in the uh, other encounters. Uh, encounters we've had with them so far. They, they've they gone down pretty quick and without much of a fuss. Not so this time. They were just the standard still sa- same, same stat block Charuka. But this time, I don't know what happened. Things just got pretty hairy. And then like, they were already kind of getting the snot kicked out of them a little bit. And then the Gurion pops up. And it's just like... It is just going to shred them alive. It has four attacks and, oh no, it's four arm attacks and then a bite attack. It has five attacks. Yeah, that that seemed like a lot. But I want to kind of dive into, to I feel like the MVP of that fight, which was Damius. Damius tied up that Gurion for several rounds, entangling it, going invisible. The Gurion had to look for him for a while. Yeah, well, because since Alan's kind of done this thing with Damius where he doesn't do a lot of, like, physical damage, right? He doesn't, like, do... Damius is much more about battlefield control, and in certain situations... You can't control the battlefield, right? Because like yeah. it just isn't going to work for whatever reason. You can't control how dice roll, and you also can't control how dice roll. Like he, you know, he like spent the first couple rounds of that whole combat just trying to cast his cause, his main ability, which is cause fear and things. And I just kept rolling well, yeah. And it because usually that ability has been very effective in reducing fights pretty quickly. Uh, not so this time, it, no. and it didn't work once. Yeah, and that's pretty crummy odds like the odds are low though that would happen my head is really off to alan because i think when you're in that situation as a player and your party is getting really really kind of raked over the coals and you're a spellcaster, i think the ball is very much in your court it's kind of your responsibility to think outside the box because all your companions can really do are continue to try to hit things right for the most part yeah and as a spellcaster. If you are creative with your spells, there are ways that you can at least not let things get any worse, right? And I feel like that is what Damius really was doing by keeping that Gurion at bay. Because mm-hmm. if it had entered the fight, I think at that moment, I don't, I, that could have been like a, a TPK kind of scenario. I mean, the whole combat was already very close to a TPK scenario. Yeah. It almost maybe should have been. But that, like, and that's a failure on my part, maybe a failure on their part. TPKs are kind of a, a joint venture to failure. Yeah. Uh, but my issue with this one, and what I have a problem with is, like, I think I made a bad call towards the end of that fight when, A, we miss, I misremember, it, it's twofold. I misremembered a house rule, which is going to happen with house rules, about mm-hmm. how the emeralds work. Because we said something during the combat that uh, when Chrissy went down was killed, she was supposed to, like, she used that emerald to come back to life. But that wasn't how we actually had decided emeralds work at the beginning of the of our, like, whole game here. We had decided that they brought you back from unconsciousness, not from death. Oh. But I just completely misremembered it during, like, you know, it was a long night. We were, it, I think we were a little it was tired. A, it, it was like, the end of a very tough fight. And the very end of a very tough fight. And I think I was just kind of like, yeah, 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 let's just kind of keep going, just keep but I, and as soon as it happened, it kind of sat with me for a while. I'm like, oh, I made the wrong call. Like, I know it shouldn't have worked that way. Chrissy's character should have died. Plus, like, then Paul brought up the idea of, like, also, can they share emeralds, which I hadn't even considered yet. 
And I just said yes, because, like, again, I think I was just kind of tired. And I just, and like, oh, it just sits so poorly with me. So I have to, like, go back in now and address with them, like, that really bugged me. I have to find a, a solution to this situation because I don't like how that went down. Like, like it makes emeralds way too powerful if they can just, like, trade them off with each other to revive each other from death. That is, yeah. w- that is beyond the scope of what I intended for them to be used for. Well, is that something that, like, is that a conversation that you ended up having with your players? I'm going to have to have it with, I'll have it with them on air when I'm kind of ready to figure it out. Awesome. Well, I, I really look forward to hearing that moment because I think, you know, role play games are very much a collective effort. And I think it's good to kind of address things that kind of sit a little wonky, whether it's a player character or the dungeon master. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it, I feel, in retrospect, right? Like, let's say I had made a mistake. And because of my mistake, a character had died. I would probably be more willing to say, like, okay, since I killed your character due to my mistake, let's bring that character back. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, I need to, I I just don't have enough of, like, that mean backbone in me to, because I made a mistake, did K to die retroactively? That feels shitty. No, I, I think. I shouldn't do that. You've touched on something interesting because... In a way, like it is your responsibility to to run the game and to be keeping track of those types of things. And player characters shouldn't be penalized for an error, right? Mm-hmm. You correcting an error, sh- uh, your own error, should never negatively impact your player characters. Agreed, agreed. Because I, you know, I'll, I'll always give more opportunities to threaten them, right? right. So. Yeah, but I do feel bad about it. I, I want to be consistent. I think it's important to be consistent to, you know, like I killed, I killed you, Lister. Like I shouldn't, I'm not trying to like, you know, not kill people, kill people. Like I'm very much down for people for some character death and some NPC death. Um, but I think I just, I just made the wrong call here and I, it's not sitting well with me. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Like I'll, I'll. I'll, obviously, I will get over it. But he'll, he'll kill again. I will. I will go on to kill another player character. Um, but yeah, I. It just. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. I, I mean, we're always looking to get better and improve. Exactly. That's a huge part of this process. Is just like I wanted to be a better DM in different ways. Like this. This whole program is about. I wanted to be a better DM about like better player character involvement into a main story and better. Uh, interaction with NPCs was like a big thrust of this campaign for me. It's I'm personally trying to like get better at. Um, and it wasn't, a, combat wasn't necessarily a focus of this. Yeah. But still, like it's, it's important to be consistent. Definitely, definitely. And to maybe keep your house rules on a visible index card at all times. I have a lot of house rules in this campaign. That's but true. But like yes. if you only have a few, I mean like. Yes, if you only have a couple, then write them down. And like the Emerald thing I feel like the the emerald thing at this one, I want to like cross stitch on a pillow. Like yeah, I just have the had the rules for emeralds written down on like a little pillow somewhere. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I want that so bad. You want to cross stitch? I want a cross stitch emerald pillow. I'll sleep on it. Take my naps. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Fill it with senbu bean paste. Well, let's. Oh, so that was that was kind of the first episode of the last kind of couple weeks, and now moving into this most recent episode, very interesting kind of. I think attempt at diplomacy, but also trickery. Oh, I don't even know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> what the fuck was any of that? <laughs> like, some of it was good. Some of it was, like, clever. But that this is some of the issues sometimes when it comes to characters. When 
we're like we're role playing and then sometimes we're doing a funny riff but then it's like what are we you know it's again the same issue again like we had a couple weeks ago where it's like Mm -hmm. what are we doing like Mm -hmm. are we are we addressing the situation like realistically or are we just kind of goofing because like i'm gonna approach this as like i'm in i'm this character in existing in this world and so I don't understand like exactly what their plan was, maybe. Well, it's interesting because last last crunch we talked with Christy about how she really doesn't like to, to hear like 20 minutes of metagaming and over planning and you right. prep and prep and prep. But I think this is an instance where the opposite was true. They kind of were like, we're going to uh, kind of go in and we'll kind of figure it out. Right. The pl- here's the, Here was the plan, I think, is that Damius turns into a Charuka. Kafka is his prisoner. And then Kata waits for them to do something, right? Yet and to like, be determined. like, yeah, like no one had made any sort of actual plan. Like, and then like they get there and like, like there's this funny part where Dami is right away like talking to the talking to the the heretic Kabarak, and he says like, "Don't you want to know what my prisoner wants?" Like, no, I am like this evil anti paladin. I have no interest in what this outsider wants like i'm doing my own thing like paul had a really fun innovative moment where he had this bit where kafka like oh i'm tricking you by saying like i was told that i'm gonna steal like someone's gonna steal from you yeah that i'm a distraction something else is happening right but like my issue with this is like and i like that impulse that's good creative impulse but i also like there's a set world that they're interacting with. I'm not going to make up a thing that Kaburak is worried about losing suddenly. It's not like they're going to steal the tree. Like, what? Could, yeah, exactly. Like, but Kaburak's whole thing, which I'm a little annoyed about because, like, they never asked him. I, I was trying to be very hinty. I want to be like, I'm trying to be like, hey, I'm trying to give you guys some clues about, like, maybe some lore stuff, maybe some, like, plot stuff. But there, there's even a moment where yeah. Christy and Alan are like, should we be feeling sorry for him? Paul, even. Should we be sorry for him? They're, they started getting confused and hesitating. And then Paul, I think, tried to turn it into like, maybe we can work together. But I think by that point, the, the deception had gone too far. This is the problem with that sort of thing, right? There, there wasn't a clear enough plan of like, what is the goal here? Because like Paul's idea then like, oh, well, let's bring the Kabarak back to the low city and he can attack then. But Kabarak's answer is, I already tried a coup. I failed. That's why I'm this, here. This is my new plan. My new plan is this. And like, and like, I feel like it, I was kind of frustrated in a sense because like I wanted like to have like a good scene of like where they could, like had they just like approached Kabarak, I think it would, or like gone to like encounter him in a different way without like this deception layer, it would have been more like Kabarak could have been like, you know, you're being deceived by this, like this other guy, this, the, the, uh, the Herald of Angazan is a fraud. Cause, and he kept calling him a fraud, yeah. but like, they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm like, no, I want to tell you. I want to tell you why. Well, I think the, the sticky part is that the plan was part deception, part diplomacy, part ambush. Right. <laughs> it was like three different warring ideas and, at a certain point, Christy's just like, I'm going to bite him. And I was like, let's do this. And then it turned into a fight, which I think very quickly they realized was never intended to be a fight. It, w- it was always an option, right? Of course, it's always, I have a stat block. It's ready to go. Like, in my head, did I necessarily see this as a fight? I saw it as like a chance where, like, you have to kind of pick between the Herald and the and the, heretic. the heretic. Like, yeah. you have to kind of pick a side. And, like, there could have been, like, a... A solution to getting Dalton back, siding with Kabarak. Like, you know, I wouldn't have been like, oh, because he sided with Kabarak, that means 
Dalton's dead immediately. Like, there could have been some more deception. They could have, like, worked with him in some way. Yeah. But because they're already trying to deceive him, like, he has no reason to then, like, side with them. It's it, it's just a very, like, a whole conflict. It's just a whole big conflict of, like, who's lying to who. Yeah, exactly. And I think also, I think there was the misconception from the player character perspective that the the sole purpose of the heretic is to be a barrier to getting what they want, right? This isn't a character that's fueled by its own logic and wants and needs. Not really. Because I think if they had collectively believed that, they would have just tried to talk to him as opposed to we have to do this whole thing because we're going to fight him eventually, probably, maybe. It seems like for a moment the player characters forgot that this character of the heretic exists within a larger world and has his own motivations, right? It was as if in that moment he was a blank page for them to kind of dictate his role to, and he already had been fully formed. Yeah, agreed. I think like they kind of, there was that assumption like, oh, well, I think maybe they thought I came up with him on the fly or something like that because they kind of took me aback by what they were doing and I didn't expect like them to make the moves they made. And I had to kind of come up with, like, well, how do they get out of the situation? Like, this is all very improv. But, like, this relationship between the uh, Herald of Angazan and Kaburak, the heretic, was already kind of part of my lore and part of my story I was telling. And I was just able to kind of introduce it in a fun new way. Right. Because of the actions they took. Interesting. Yeah, that was a, that was a wild kind of scene that yes. seemed a little disparate. Yes. <laughs> well, because it, it makes one of those things where, like, they, like, I think sometimes they don't commit to the moment. Things get kind of confusing when people don't commit to moments, right? Where, there's a good bit where, like, Damius is thrown to the ground, like, he gets smacked, and then he's like, I am to be feared, which I loved. I named the title of the episode after that moment. Yeah. And, and he scares one of the And guys. he scares one of them away. But then they're like, oh, he doesn't think anything happened. And I'm like, why would he not? Like someone, Damien's just yelled, I am to be feared. And then one of his men ran away. Yeah. He, po- like that, something happened. Something is up. You guys just, you did pull a lever. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kafka was like, it was me. And there, there, like, there was a divergence of, you know what it of is? plans. It's, it's this improv thing, right? Like, I think there wasn't the right kind of yes anding happening. Like, it's a right. There was, a, was, uh, there was kind of a struggle for that scene, maybe. I, I think there was a little bit of that, right? There was not. There wasn't a lot of yes and. I think there was a little bit like like people being like, no, this or like, you know what I mean? I feel like walking into that moment. Everybody in the party had a different idea of what was going to be happening. And they were not on the same page. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. And here's the thing. We are not advocating for 20 minutes of metagaming per scene with NPC. But there is definitely something to be said for let's get on the same page. If you're going to try to do like a a kind of role-playing deception plan, for sure. For sure, for sure. Because this, again, almost led to a TPK. Right, yeah. Where suddenly they're fighting a, a guy who I didn't really intend to be like their opponent necessarily at this time like he like he could have been and it was always an option and obviously ended up being that but like i kind of saw it in my head of being a, something that could kind of go a bunch of different ways yeah uh, and it, it just didn't and that's fine like it's it's and like that's kind of the fun thing about this whole project though is that like that's also totally valid like all those decisions that have happened here are still like now just part of the story like they they killed him they like kill him and they ignore the demon in the tree and they're they gonna walk away and they're gonna walk away and we're gonna just see what happens now that like they've just kind of like rattled this and just like 
left it be. They like kind of punted a wasp nest out into the jungle. We're like, cool, deal with that later. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, and so like there will 100% be ramifications for all of this. Mm-hmm. And what and that's going to inform the podcast going forward. So like as on one hand, I feel like a little disappointed because I wish like the story I had kind of in my head ready to go could have unspooled, right? Like mm-hmm. I had like kind of some moments, some beats I wanted to like kind of like dole out and yeah. those didn't happen. But like that's okay because now the story is just going to be different. It's going to change. I have to kind of pivot to different ideas and it keeps it fresh and like I'm still on my toes. Yeah. And uh, like so, you know, even when things don't work out, like that's 100% fine. Like I'm, I'm, I don't regret that. I regret like things where it's like I feel like the role play is like a little bit fractioned, like a little, like is a little disjointed when the role play doesn't feel like an actual scene. I've, that bugs me. But other than that, I don't mind. I think there's, I think it's important to delineate here, like, because we talked earlier in this crunch about your disappointment with a decision, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to distinguish. There's a difference between being disappointed in a call that you make that sets a precedent or an expectation, right? In terms, right. In terms of gameplay, Versus the story didn't go the way I planned, but okay. Yes. Something that I hear you, Cal, say all the time is ideas are free. Yeah. You can come up with ideas infinitely, essentially, and like, and it'll work out. And this, again, goes back to knowing your world, knowing your story, and knowing the different paths you can take from A to B. You'll still end up at B. It just might be a different kind of path. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm excited to see where this is going to go now. Like, they're going to get Dalton back, and I... Did not anticipate that. Did not anticipate that. Like, Dalton, in my perfect world, Dalton, like, got captured and then, like, died. Or, like, came back as a zombie or something. Like, I... He was not going to come back. Yeah. So now he's coming back. Uh, That's exciting. We'll fight. We'll figure this out. I feel like it's like whenever Iron Man 3 came out and they're like, we have to wrap up Robert Downey Jr.'s contract. We don't know if we can get him back for the next Avengers. So let's try and just tie things up. And then he did come back and it was like, we weren't ready for this. Dalton is... Robert Downey Jr. That is not your that is not your celebrity casting for that it character. Is not, no. Who is your celebrity uh, casting? It's uh, the guy who played Jamie Lannister, uh, uh, Nikolai Costa Waldo or something. Waldo? I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm certainly I'm not. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like we should probably check on that. But point being, great casting. Nikolai, if you're listening, I'm so sorry that I mispronounced your name. I mispronounced your name, I'm and I made you another kind of jackass character. Yeah. Whoops. But a lovable jackass. That's his vibe? I guess. I don't think he's that lovable. But like... The person or Dalton? Dalton. Let's be clear. Yeah. We love you, Nikolai. Be on our show. Be on our show. Come guest. Come Sit down for a crunch episode with us. We will build you a campaign, sir, that will (laughs) knock you off your feet. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead. Before we kind of wrap up, let's talk a tiny, tiny bit about Fire Emblem. Oh, right. Yeah, Fire Emblem. Oof, I am digging this game in a way that like, I knew I would because I didn't really get a switch to this game came out and then it came out and I was like, oh, man. It's I need happening. To get a switch. <laughs> this is it. This is my jam. Well, because yes, because uh, I love tactical RPGs, like which is like a huge reason why I love like Dungeons Dragons and Pathfinder. It's like one of my favorite things about those is like the little. I love little maps and units and moving things thirty square, like you know five squares. And then you and, do an ability, and then you do an ability. And your turns over. Like oh, I love it. I think, is it fair to say if you can play Fire Emblem? Yeah. Then you can play a. RPG tabletop game? Oh, I mean, for the most part. Fire Emblem, like, the well, 
Yeah, probably. The Fire Emblem is a little simpler in terms of like what the units can do, but like right. that it's game the, is also complex in other ways. It's the same like turn-based system. Right, yeah. Turn-based system, you control you you control a unit and, party balance. Yes. Yeah, that's your yeah, party balance, stats, all that stuff. And what's also nice about Fire Emblem, which we do do in Mythos Manual is is, is that there is a real factor of like building relationships with NPCs. And that you don't have to build relationships with NPCs. Like, it's an optional kind of part of the game. But, like, you're rewarded to, for doing it by other in other ways. And, like, that is, like, a thing that I pretty much stole out of other JRPGs and, like, dating sim kind of stuff. And implement, implemented into Mythos Manual, which is a vaguely horror Pathfinder campaign. <laughs> exactly. I want a little dating sim element. but Because those are really fun. Like, it's a really, like, if you want to make NPCs, like, really matter to a campaign, like... It's a really smart idea and like a new way to structure kind of gameplay is to like kind of, you kind of have to be a little bit more structured about like how you plan your days, which is why I have this whole calendar thing and blah, 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 because you don't want people to be like, I just hang out with so-and-so all day and now we're best friends because I know that's what they would do. Like there's like no way of like, I have, I can guarantee you or they're like, oh yeah, I hung out with Suresh all day today. So I think we're best friends now. That's like, how friendship works. That's how friendship works. Pretty. <laughs> um, you kind of be a little bit more like. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like a couple crunches ago, we were talking about how Christy was going around fairly early in the jungle asking different NPCs to go with him into the jungle. And they're like, no, 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 no. And she was like, <sighs> Why? And I feel like we had similar, we've had similar moments in Fire Emblem. Like, will you join our house? Will you join our house? No, no, no. No, why? Because <laughs> you're not my friend. <laughs> right. You're not my friend. And you don't. You're not good at with axes. <laughs> you're not charismatic enough. Not charismatic enough. You're not a. You're not authoritative enough. Oof. Right. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, Cal, it's always a blast kind of sitting with you and going over the last couple episodes. I'm so excited to see what happens next. The characters have the head of the heretic for better or worse, and they are going to march back down into the low city. Poor, poor Kaburak. He was a fun build. Anti-Paladin Charuka. Ugh, it's, uh, it's cool. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. It's just fun. Just like fun. I loved his, his gray flaming sword yeah he had a gray flame halberd it was uh what was that gray flame ability it's a special ability that like pal things that are like anti-paladins and clerics things like that can use like gray flame weapons where they channel certain abilities through their weapons and it does more damage oh that's so cool man he really would have probably like killed them if it's kind of well i think that's the thing right like if let's say they had fucked up that last second i might have done a thing where like he might have captured them or something yeah because like they were he would have wiped him out. He would have wiped the floor with him after that. Because Christy crit, right? Yeah. Christy and Paul both crit, I think, in the end there. And Christy just had gotten her new shiny fourth level abilities. She's all excited about these fourth level abilities. And she should be. I think they very much saved the day in, for that encounter. It's a cool It's a cool class. Like The shifter seemed kind of stupid, but now it seems kind of cool. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. Not to it being stupid, but yes to it being very cool. Yeah. I'm very excited for Christy to finally be at fourth level. She has been talking about it since level one. Right. She's just been eyeing this ability since level one. It's so true. It is kind of the bread and butter of that class. It's exciting. I can't wait to see her whip it out some more. Yeah. 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 I'm certainly we'll plenty of snake lady in the future. Plenty, plenty. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this Crunch episode. This Crunch is brought to you by... The crunch of a perfectly sautéed green bean. Mm. Delicious, healthy, 
nutritious. It's the same as healthy. Anyways, guys, have a great couple weeks and we will see you soon. Make sure to listen, like, subscribe, review. It helps us make that podcast money, which is like Monopoly money, but for podcasters. Yeah. They just all have Stephen Ray Morris's face on them. That's hilarious, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Go Blue Lions! Thanks for tuning in to the Mythos Manual. Be sure to check us out on our socials at Mythos Manual or our website, mythosmanual.com. May all your roles be 20s.